The Hornets back in action tonight against the Chicago Bulls after a long rest. We'll preview that game. And then Brandon Miller, should he have deserved more consideration for Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month? We'll discuss it all today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your podcasts. And that includes YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game, Game time. time. You can download the Game Time app and create an account and use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. I love it when Game Time leads us off because it gets the energy and the juices of flowing. And so I appreciate Game Time for being the title sponsor. I like that. I don't know what that was. That's Doug Brandon. You can find him on Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. You can listen to me, Walker Mail, on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m., 92.7 FM. Long break for the Charlotte Hornets here, Doug. It's been a while since they suited up, at least for it to be a regular season game. Mm-hmm. No all-star break. No in-season tournament for the Charlotte Hornets. So that is what I think affected the long break here. Correct. They are going to be playing the Chicago Bulls tonight. A Chicago team that has had their problems. Hilarious that we so led funny. the season off. They led the season off with a players-only meeting after game <laughs> one. You, you literally cannot be... <laughs> any more shallow into a season before you have a players only meeting unless you do not play a game. So it was real bad. Then we've experimented with some Zach Levine trade talks here. I think most people would rather have Alex Caruso. No Zach Levine tonight. Alex Caruso day to day. I know you expected that mean for him to suit up if there is no Levine. What are some other things you're looking for from the Hornets post in season tournament missing, if you will? and uh, this specific opponent in Chicago. Yeah, we can break down this this game, I think, a little bit later in the show. No Zach Levine, foot injury uh, going to be out, I think, for at least a week. Uh, so don't have to worry about him tonight. And, and look, th- there are only two positive players right now in terms of EPM, estimated plus minus, on this Bulls team. One of them is Zach Levine, and the other is Alex Caruso, who is day-to-day, although I expect without Levine that Caruso uh, will suit up. But I think the more interesting thing is is less what's going on in Chicago and more what's happening in Charlotte. And what's happening in Charlotte is they can't get it together defensively despite the pleadings of their head coach, Steve Clifford. And now they've had several days off, so they're going to be rested. They're going to be that much closer to getting LaMelo Ball back, who is, I think, out of the boot now, still limping around the practice floor, but out of the boot so that is an encouraging sign if you're looking for him to be on the floor sooner rather than later. But I think this is good that they got this break. You know, I I would have loved to see them play in the in-season tournament, but the way they're playing defense, I think they would have gotten whomped. So I'm happy that they didn't get whomped on national TV. And I'm also happy that they got this break to sort of reconvene, get get some practice in, and and now get geared up uh, to kind of change the tide of what has turned into an historic and, and historically bad defensive effort to begin the season. Yeah, and and I so here we are with physicality being the biggest point of conversation because Steve Clifford said that's the reason they lost to Minnesota. It's the reason that they lost a couple of times. One, 
He's saying this is something that could be fixed in a day's worth time. Not even a day. They could fix about it three? tomorrow. You got three. You, you had three. <laughs> so not only, yeah, it's not installs. It's not, okay, we have a different playbook, a different scheme that we want to implement. This is, it's not an install problem. It is a physicality problem. It's a getting back and transition problem. I was talking to Terrence Oglesby yesterday on the show. Terrence Oglesby, mm-hmm. friend of this show. He yeah. was on WFNZ and he was discussing how, you know, he the the fact that you might not have had a lot of physicality against Minnesota, he says there's only a few times that you can implement physicality in the NBA game because it's so based off of spacing. And part of that is rebounding, which I think we focused on a decent amount. Rebounding being the the big issue here with the lack of, you know, maybe brute strength, but also just getting in there. Just and go and get up. the ball. But, but you know, yeah. let's talk about that for a second, because we often talk about rebounding in terms of like hitting a guy first. You'll hear Clifford talk about that a lot. And he's gotten the players to talk about it. He just hasn't gotten the players to actually do it, which is going and getting to your man, boxing out. But even just like making contact, even if it's not like, you know, just sort of your token box out, just getting some contact, moving a guy off of his spot is going to mess up that player's timing and ability to get to the basketball. That's one element. But I think what Clifford is screaming about right now in terms of the rebounding is just going to get the ball. Walker, how many times have we heard Steve Clifford over the broadcast, you you can hear him say, grab the ball. It's just an element of like of getting on the floor and being like, I want my team to get that basketball no matter what. They just don't have that. They haven't found that attitude. They haven't found that urgency yet. And, and so, and you speak of the attitude. So we, if we go down the roster, I think the guys that are willing to bring that and we see bring that, it's Miles Bridges, it's mm-hmm. P.J. Washington. Brandon Miller has the attitude that you mentioned. The body isn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody else that we're missing, or are those the two? Or that is that who we're talking about, Mark? Because we want to see it from Mark. Nick Richards, I think, will mix it up. I, I don't know if it's a lack of physicality for him. Remember last year, it was Steve Clifford saying Mark Williams' lack of physicality is hurting him. But also Nick Richards. What what was it that he said? Each of these guys are different. Each of them bring a different aspect. I don't. It wasn't basketball IQ. It wasn't that but it was just like understanding rotations maybe for Nick Richards. Maybe Nick is that guy, but the point well, I is... Would, I would throw the other Nick in there too, Nick Smith Jr. I mean, pick pick your Nick. A couple of Nicks cutting it up. I mean, they love to go get the basketball. I mean, they that's they just have a nose for it. They want to get the basketball. Nick Richards on the offensive end, getting, you know, getting offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. although I think he slightly improved his defensive rebounding ability as well. And then Nick Smith Jr. just getting on the floor, uh, getting loose balls. And you'll see it in moments, right? There are pockets where it's happening. I mean, we've seen LaMelo Ball hit the floor, although that's scary. I don't even know if I want him hitting the floor anymore. <laughs> yeah. I want everyone else hitting the floor. LaMelo Ball, you stay on two feet. No more hustling, LaMelo. No more hustling. <laughs> you know, but but we just haven't seen that across the board. I just I just think, and it's tough to, I can't quantify it. I can't go find something on dunks and threes or cleaning the glass. I mean, they do have like loose ball recovery rate stuff. But I mean, it's just a general, like when you mm-hmm. watch these games, too often the opposing team is the one you go, yeah. <laughs> They really want to win this game. Not that the Hornets don't want to win. They're just they they want to shoot. They want to outshoot the team. They want to out offense the team. They don't necessarily want to out hustle the team. And I think that's what Clifford is screaming about. That's what they've got to get figured out. And look, I think right now Chicago that seems to me to be a token get right game. You've got a, an injured Bulls team, one that is 
Uh, one that does present some physical challenges in terms of the, the the center position with Vucevic, good rebounder. But I think this is a get-right game for the Charlotte Hornets. And if they come out okay. flat in this one, <laughs> yeah. I think at that point you have to go, wow, something is, something's really lost here when you have that big of a break and you come out flat. All right, so or you want to go uh, more Chicago, or do you want to go with Brandon Miller, one of the guys with attitude that we were just discussing? Well, we put Brandon Miller on the rundown in the last episode, and we didn't get to him. He got bumped, so I don't want to bump Brandon Miller to the third in this one. Let's get right to him, rookie of the month conversation. Uh, Okay, let's talk about that rookie. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. An Eastern Conference rookie of the month was crowned. It was not Brandon Miller. Should he have deserved more consideration? We'll get to it in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that guaranteed are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh picked out for us on this week's ebay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week we have a former charlotte hornet that's coming back from injury how about kelly Ubre jr josh's <laughs> reasoning right. here is that he's returning from injury and he may have been dropped in your fantasy league a great source of scoring we also have another north carolina tie here Derek lively the second it's hard to find starting centers with a big growth upside, and Lively has already Tell flashed me. that. And then the other North Carolina native, how about a Chicago Bull, Patrick Williams, back starting in Chicago, mm-hmm. and with a blow up on the cards, he may see increased usage. And so you're just getting ready for doomsday up in Chicago. Maybe Patrick Williams is a good guy to go and pick up in your league. So Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, he's going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can now make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. More Locked On Hornets ahead. Doug Brandon Miller appeared on the eBay guaranteed fit player of the week, according to Josh Lloyd. He appeared, I think it was either last week or the week before, and that was because of LaMelo Ball's injury. It makes sense with Brandon coming back. And even FanDuel, another partner of us on Locked On, had Brandon Miller, I believe, scoring the most points going into one of these last couple of games, and he had been playing really well. I was actually talking with the Alley-Oop Podcast Network yesterday. They were saying, hey, what's going on with Brandon Miller? It doesn't seem like he's getting a lot of love. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's getting as much attention as some of these other rookies. You know, it's the Charlotte effect. It it like Brandon was was getting a lot of attention at Alabama. Like clearly you and I both were talking about Scoot Henderson a lot in comparison to Brandon Miller and what we wanted from Scoot. But Brandon's been playing well and it feels like he's still not getting a lot of attention, I think, nationally compared to other rookies. Doug Jaime Jaquez, he's the guy that wins Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month. He plays for Miami because, of course, a Miami rookie is going to get that award over a Charlotte Hornet rookie who is second overall because that's that, that's how that has to go. So 
should he have deserved more consideration comparing him to Jaime Jaquez? Maybe it's R. Thompson, who was also on this list. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, it, the stats are pretty even between Jaime and – I mean, they're kind of eerily um, similar between Jaime and Brandon Miller. I think, honestly, like, Asur Thompson has the better argument because he nearly averaged a double-double in points and rebounds for the Detroit Pistons. The problem was – the Pistons didn't win a single basketball game in November, and so whoever selects this obviously was waiting the fact that Hame plays for a team in Miami that has won 11 games. They're in the you know early NBA playoff discussion. Not only that, he's earned. I, I think I saw in the Miami Herald like he's earned the second most or or most fourth quarter minutes among all NBA rookies, and that includes the West. Uh, where you've got Chet, who was the winner in the West for Player of the uh, Rookie of the Month, and Wemby. So Hame is being trusted by the Miami Heat with all of those fourth quarter minutes. So like, no, it's not a shock that they're going to give it to the guy in the East uh, that is actually winning basketball games. But I think it's interesting that like, I think both Hame and Brandon would be like sixth or seventh overall among NBA rookies because the West is so loaded with rookie talent right now when you throw in uh, Jordan Hawkins into discussion and a few other guys. Well, yeah, and and of course, they, they have the Ben Simmons thing, the Blake Griffin thing, where they have a second-year player coming in and dominating in their second year, which I don't, like, I get it. It's their rookie season. Just, it, it does make a difference when you have a whole year in an NBA system, even if you don't play a single game. It does okay, make a difference. Okay, but 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 opinion. yesterday but. we were talking about Mark Williams, and all of a sudden Mark's a rookie in his second season, and we're making excuses for Mark. But then when you know when, oh, when somebody not a succeeds, rookie, but he's not going to be in contention of winning Rookie of the Year. If Mark <laughs> Williams, if this was if for his rookie year, we would love what Mark Williams is doing, right? Like I I think we'd be pretty happy about a rookie season, Mark Williams. I'm saying with Chet and winning his second year, I do think that probably matters. You just you can't take you can't take a break. You can't. Are we being too hard on Mark? <laughs> I brought up Chet Holmgren, and you had to bring up Mark Williams. You just can't I'm do sad. it. Listen, somebody's got to do it. Everybody's showering him with love no, right now. Don't. I've got to be no. a counter. I, <laughs> yo, listen, I'm usually the one. I'm usually the one that takes the popular take. I'm taking the unpopular take here, but I'm doing it because I feel like it's necessary mm. at this point. By the way, I want. I'm not cheering for a bad outcome with Mark Williams. It is. I, we've been waiting too long for a center with his kind of talent, and and so like I want there to be a good outcome. And that's that's all I'm adv- I'm advocating for Mark to step up in a way that the Charlotte Hornets need him to step up in and be dominant. Not I'm not cheer I'm not like saying oh they need to eject him immediately or you know trade him or anything like that. I'm not I'm not going that far. I'm just saying hey there's something missing here and hopefully he can find what's missing and and start to dominate. All right, so we bumped Brandon Miller yesterday. I, we can't do it again with more Mark Williams convo. We, we need to steer it right back into the Brandon Miller alley. Uh, I so what does he say, need to do? I guess the, the the next sort of level of this question. With Mark or Brandon? With Brandon. What does Brandon okay. Miller need to do to be in consideration for the December player of the month? Is there anything that he can change in his game? Or is this all on the Hornets to just rally and start to win some basketball games and Brandon will get some shine? 
I think a lot of it has to do with the Hornets. I think a lot of it has to, because Miami, especially with two, I think part of this is outperforming your expectation based off your draft selection. So Jordan Hawkins is getting a lot of love. He was drafted later and he deserves all of the love that he's getting. But also I think the wow factor is more increased because, whoa, this guy wasn't even drafted in the top two, top three. We need to give him a lot more attention. Whoa, Hawkins playing for Miami. Not only are they a better basketball team, but he wasn't supposed to be doing this right away within the first 20 games of the NBA season and I think when that wow factor hits you in the face a little more where if it's Brandon Miller playing on the lowly old Hornets they're say he's second overall anyway he's playing well but also maybe the wow factor doesn't hit you as hard as it does with some of these other guys that are drafted later in the first round I think a lot of it has to do with the Charlotte Hornets winning and I mean you know, it's hard to say more consistent shooting outings because I've, he's been pretty consistent with his shot, at least here in the last, I don't know, um, I don't want to say month, but like last couple weeks, he's been pretty consistent with the shot. Maybe missing a game hurts him here. If you're just talking about totals, maybe they weren't looking at averages, but they were looking more at totals. Whoever is handing out this award. Those are a couple of things. Last one for me, it, more Terrence Oglesby convo when we were discussing defense because they were struggling so bad, the Hornets as a team, Mm -hmm. you know, he mentions Brandon Miller on the perimeter and more than 15 feet away from the basket has been really good defensively. Mm -hmm. But if you are within 15 feet of the basket, Mm -hmm. that's when things start to go awry. Uh Like it's because of the physicality, the scouting report is out. You know that you can just back him up. You can post Brandon. And then once you drive, you can even give him a little chicken wing where you're not extending so much to get the call against the ref, but you extend it out. And that's what's happening with Brandon. The length is there to help him quite a bit. But if he doesn't play with that length and you just get blown by with some of these athletic guards. That's the problem with the two and the three. The threes might take advantage of his lack of not physicality, but his lack of strength. The twos might take, you know, advantage of the lack They're of just speed. They're taking him off the dribble. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's really tough. But perimeter wise, he's doing a pretty good job. It's just when you get into the paint restricted area, yeah. that's when it's getting tough for Brandon. And this is this is obvious stuff. This is stuff that we mm-hmm. knew you know, pre-draft. This is and not just we, but like everyone sort of understood that like there was going to be a difficulty for him, an adjustment period where, you know, he's in this weird zone between two, three defensively, where he's going to struggle with bigger threes and quicker twos. And how do you, how do you manage that? And the way that you would properly manage that is to play him, you know, in a reserve role off the bench, but big minutes, but get him against Uh, lesser twos and lesser threes and let him adjust that way the problem of course is the Hornets have been injured they've had to rely on him to be in the starting lineup and you've seen issues result and and one of those issues is that he's he's fouling you know he's trying to use that length but what he's what he's realizing which is what a a lot of rookies realize defensively it's a whole nother ball game because offensive players in the NBA especially now are so good at understanding when you're going to extend that arm out and, you know, in the Julius Randle mold, get that shot up real quickly, get those arms up real quickly. If they see the hands down, you know, they're going to pop up and try to and draw a foul, and they're really good at it. And so that's that's been a struggle for Brandon. But I think the way he gets December Rookie of the Month is to, con- to continue to shoot the basketball well and pick his spots. Because I think when you look at the numbers between Hame and Brandon – they are pretty similar, except when it comes to efficiency. Hame, a much more efficient player, because I think Hame plays a little bit around the rim too, 
and and can finish there. So I think Brandon, if he can, you know, pick his spots a little bit more, maybe a little less eight of eighteen and more, you know, twelve shots per game, but you're hitting six or seven, you know, five or six of them. You know, I think if you have more of those games, that's going to help Brandon winning more games because there's not much competition in the East, right? I mean, your big uh, rookies in the East are Hame. Bilal Kulabali from Washington, and then Sasser and uh, Asur Thompson in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Well, Detroit's not getting any better. They're on. I put on Twitter. They're on Rufus Watch right now. They are. They're on pace for to take the Bobcats' record of worst team, you know, by percentage in NBA history. So they're not getting better. Washington's not getting better. So really, I think Brandon will win one of these Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month awards, um, but it might not happen until he goes back to a bench role. Doug, that's a bigger story, honestly. And you're you're right. You bring that to Twitter. Is there a possibility that Detroit in an 82 game season would take away the seven and 59 winning percentage of all time? That might be the hex. That might be the hex. You know, it it might go back to Michael Jordan sacrificing the Bobcats to the basketball gods in order to get that number one pick. And the basketball god said, no, you're not going to get Anthony Davis. You're going to get MKG and your franchise is now cursed. And so hopefully that would that would end the hex. It would lift the cloud that has been over this franchise since then. If Detroit uh, could do it for us, I'm cheering for it. I, I'm watching them. <laughs> just in other people's pain. It doesn't matter. We want to let go of this pain and put it onto somebody else. All right, let's go. One more segment to go. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We can dive a little deeper into the Chicago Charlotte matchup with the uh, long wait that we've had for some Hornets basketball, given the in season tournament. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive at Game Time. All in pri- uh, all in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets, too. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute ticket deals. You can find exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, but not just sporting events. Also concerts, comedy, theater, theater, plenty of events that you can find deals on. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. That's a lot. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Again, download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LockedOnNBA. You'll get a $20 uh you'll get a $20 discount off your first purchase terms apply create an account l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-b-a download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed one more segment to go locked on Hornets. more chicago breakdown now the detroit pistons they might be in rufus territory chicago not in rufus territory but they are struggling, especially with the crew that they assembled a couple of years ago. DeMar DeRozan was playing like an MVP candidate the first half of the season, and Zach Levine was balling. Vucevic was grabbing enough rebounds, and then maybe they falter a little bit, and now 
you just don't have a core that is worth keeping there long term. Everybody is expecting Chicago to just blow it all up, trade some of those guys for picks, maybe go all in on, I don't even know who the player, maybe Patrick Williams, been a little bit of a disappointment. We'll see. What do you expect to see against Chicago with some of the matchups that we're watching here tonight, Doug? I'm still looking at the center position because you do have Vooch, who, who is a, a really difficult guard because he can back you down. Um, he, he has that in his game, but he can also hit three-point shots, so I think they're going to mix it up, challenge Mark Williams to uh, defend both and, and Nick Richards as well. And then at, at backup center, they have Andre Drummond, who doesn't always get a lot of minutes for the Bulls, uh, but at the same time, uh, if I were Billy Donovan and I were looking at the history of the Hornets this season, I might just increase those Drummond minutes and force the Hornets to make good decisions at the rim because they haven't always done that. The Hornets are very good at getting to the rim because they've got players like Terry Rozier and like Miles Bridges um, who are really good at driving the basketball and beating their guy. But once they get there, their rim percentage in terms of accuracy has not been very good. The Bulls will let you get to the rim because they've got perimeter defenders that can run you off the three-point line. They'll let you get there, but then they've got defenders throw in Patrick Williams as well, lengthy guys who can not only guard just help at the rim, but guard you one-on-one at the rim too. So I think you know that is where this game is going to be won and lost. The Hornets' ability to make good decisions at the rim. When, when the Hornets' offense drives and kicks, it looks so good. It just doesn't do it often enough, right? I mean, we've seen, we saw, I think we saw that in the last game, you know, against Minnesota. They were able to effectively drive and kick and and generate enough offensive points, and and it'll be just as challenging to do it here. And hopefully, they can be just as successful and add on to that an ability to defend the other team, which will get much easier against a Chicago team that won't feature Zach Levine. Well, and and here we are. I was mentioning some of the North Carolina ties and the eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit Player of the Week. But Kobe White for Chicago, been balling here lately. Yeah. How about the last 10 games for Kobe? He's averaging almost 18 points per game. Somebody that had a slower start, I think. You never knew exactly what the ceiling was for Kobe. But I think the patience is paying off. And I think most people do like what Kobe White can bring. And he's been playing really well. This is a Bulls team that has two wins in a row against pretty good teams, one against Milwaukee and then this next one against the Pelicans. So they are um, on a two game winning streak, if you can even call it a winning streak. I know I would if it happened with the Charlotte Hornets, I would call it a winning streak. Yeah, Kobe went for 30 against the Pelicans. He's hitting his three point shots. He's also getting to the line a little bit more. He almost you know, flirted at least with a triple double, nine rebounds, six assists. And so Kobe is a guy to keep in mind so if if, even if you don't have Zach Levine it's not like okay they don't have the guy that can go off for 30 no they still do he's been playing really well the last 10 games it's just in Kobe White form this time the defense on the perimeter it's it's you know even if you consider this a potential get right game I'm sure the Bulls are looking at it the same way. Hey, their defense is awful. Even if we only average 107 points per contest, this is the time for us to continue getting up there in the 118s, the 120s, like they have scored the last two outings. So it's a it's a get-right game, classic get-right game for both teams. Also yeah. classic change the narrative. Which team is going to be able to change the narrative? Because both of these teams 
are bad offensively. Uh, if you just look at the raw numbers now, Clifford would say, well, we were bad offensively for a couple of, we were awful offensively for a couple of games. Generally, we've been good offensively. I don't know if that's the same case for Chicago or if they've just been consistently bad at offense, but that's what the numbers show. And then defensively, Chicago has been bad. The Hornets have been like historically laughably bad at defense. So who changes the narrative in this game? Uh, that's going to be key. Not giving Chicago easy points, by the way. This is going to be a slow game. That's another trend that we haven't talked about. The Hornets' offense started blazingly fast. LaMelo Ball is always going to be a factor there. Without LaMelo Ball, the pace has come down significantly. Uh, Chicago is a grinded-out team. They're not looking to always push it in transition. But if they steal the basketball, if they get a turnover, like just by the numbers, they're going to score. They don't miss often in transition. And so the Hornets have to protect the basketball, something that I think they've done and not done this season. Like it's been a little 50-50 whether or not the Hornets are going to make smart decisions with the pass. And this one, it's going to be absolutely critical. Last thing for me, you mentioned the pass. How about in these last two games too for Chicago? 32 assists each outing. Identical. 30. They're moving it. And so this defense, yeah, it's okay. You got to play with more physicality. You got to be on your toes with them passing the ball like this, man. I mean, they're moving it all around. Rotations are going to have to be crisp, which it's not necessarily been crisp for this Charlotte Hornets team. You mentioned we've talked about Mark Williams, obviously a lot. So he's going to have to keep his head on a swivel with the basketball moving from one side of the floor to the other. 32 assists. It's a little bit of what the Charlotte Hornets did a couple of years ago when they were pretty much all in on offense. They were passing the ball as well as any team in the NBA. And at that time, NBA history and the Bulls have you know surpassed what the Hornets average was a couple of times They're Yeah, this is one where you're not going to be able to let up defensively. I think if the Hornets make 10 or more threes, they win this game. Like, I think you can outshoot the Bulls. Um, and and if they play if they play just a marginally better defense than they've played all year and they make more than 10 threes, I think they win the game. I, if I were – I'm not technically betting the buzz. Bet the buzz. I was going to say. But I, but I would take them. I would take them in this game. I think they, I think they do get right. Two, days off, I think the message was clear after that loss against Minnesota. And the Hornets, I think, if you look at the past couple of years, are really good – at responding to these moments, the problem that they've had, and I think why ultimately this ends with a rethinking of the entire roster and front office and is because they cannot sustain it. They cannot consistently take a point in like, hey, you, you can't play this way, start playing another way. They can't consistently do it. But they tend to, for a couple of games, respond you know, after these types of things. So I expect it tonight. Andre Drummond is back too, Doug. He's That's what I said. You've got to make good yeah. decisions at the yeah. rim. You know, they, they <laughs> late in that game against Minnesota, that was a winnable game against Minnesota. Late in that game, Nick Richards takes it directly at Rudy Gobert, and and Rudy Gobert swats it. And and that's one of those moments where you go, you know, clutch moment. Got to make a better decision with the basketball, and they're going to have to do it here because Andre Drummond again doesn't play, doesn't always play huge minutes in that rotation. But if I'm Billy Donovan, I'm saying Drummond get a little extra time on the bike, stretch it out because you're going in there and you better block some shots. 
I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he, well, he's Drummond is just going to grab all the rebounds when he's in there. That's what he does. And so that's what I'm afraid of more. So we'll see what happens. All right. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. Make sure you go check out Doug Substack, every Hornets box Listen to me on sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. We'll be back tomorrow to recap this Bulls game. I'll be in Boston, so I'll be coming to you live from a hotel room as I'm going to be there for the Army-Navy football game. But we're still producing content. We're still pumping out that content, baby. Have a great rest of your day. Andre Drummond, got that look in his eye.